Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I'm Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. Good morning, Sam. It's 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 not even nine o'clock on a Monday morning, and we're doing this. It's it's a bit early for me. Uh, you know someone... what's bad is we started this podcast for a laugh because we both yeah. do a bit of professional radio broadcasting <laughs> yeah. where there are certain <laughs> obligations like turning up on time, yeah. having not to swear. Do it, you know, doing doing it more than like once a fortnight. <laughs> yeah, hitting the news on time, all this shit, right? And that's what we thought, why don't we do, we like talking about stuff, but we don't like having to be places on time yeah. or not, or we don't like having to remember not to swear. Let's do a podcast. Now, we've suddenly accidentally professionalised this podcast. <laughs> it's ever since like, The Economist did that sponsorship deal with yeah, us. Yeah, that was the end of it, wasn't it? Ne- next thing you know, you and I, even though when we're doing it remotely like today... Right, and we're both in our respective homes at opposite yeah. ends of the country. We're going to start wearing ties and jackets. <laughs> we'll start putting it out on video as well, getting cameras set up. Oh, mate. This is the point. I'm thinking we should just shut this down because yeah. we've accidentally turned this into a thing. We've ruined it, haven't we? Mm. Um, 8.45 is our call time this morning. Stupid. And anyway. I'm, I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm on day two of a hangover as well. It's, it hasn't shifted oh. yet from Saturday night, oh. so... Oh, That's no. good. How did that happen? Well, well I, I went to see, I went to see Madness. I went to see Madness with a group oh. of mates. So, I mean, right. you can just imagine the rest, can't you? Yeah, so, it's um, not the sort... It's not really a sedate kind of a prospect, a Madness no. gig, is it? On a Saturday night. So, no, mm. so that's me. I'm, I'm still a little bit um, sluggish, let's say. Um, <laughs> shall we... What Mind should we you, start with? I, well, I'll just say my thought for the day. Okay. My thought for the weekend is football is brilliant. And yeah. the Premier League truly is the best league in the world. I know that's a bit of a cliche, but it's it's basically true. Is this because I mean, West Ham won match, again? You watch Match of the Day, and all it is is just loads of... It's not just because West Ham won again. It's just fucking loads of amazing goals. And yeah. every game's great. Yeah. And every team, even the shit ones, have world-class players who can fucking curl in worldies. Yeah. That never used to be the case. Now And now it's just like you take it for granted. There were so many great games at the weekend and so many amazing goals. And you just think, fucking hell, we're spoilt here. I wonder if yeah. it'll be like that after Brexit. Nah, it'll not be. It'll be back to um, meat and potatoes. And um, all the players Man. will be white and they'll all have British names. Fat. And, yeah. They'll, have right. to, they'll be so desperate, they'll have to bring certain players out of retirement. Yeah. To fill it to make up the numbers, so people like Mickey Quinn will have to come back out of retirement, and the only and there'll be a rule about only one foreign player, and even that has to be Jan Mulby. Or so Arnold everyone Muren. has to bid. <laughs> everyone has to bid for Jan Mulby at the beginning of the season because you can only have one player in foreign player in the whole league, and yeah. it's Mulby. 
They get to share them round, eh? You get them for a weekend at a time. Yeah. Oh, it's our Moby week this week, so I've got high hopes. <laughs> it's like playing a joker. <laughs> yeah, I play Extra my Moby. Winning. And the only reason they'll allow Moby is because Moby has a Scouse accent. Yeah. <laughs> exactly it, yeah. He's as much, like they say in Star Wars, like I think Obi-Wan says about um, Darth Vader, he goes, he's more machine than man now. <laughs> That's what they said about Jan Moby. He's more he's Scouse more... than Danish now. <laughs> Shall we um shall we look at the Raheem Sterling thing cuz that's what everyone's talking about isn't well, it Well all right but the thing is you as you're always at pains to remind me yeah we can't be getting too serious or heated on this podcast and yeah. you you and I will both have very strong similar opinions on the Raheem Sterling yeah. thing so well, we've, I'll we've say that as a caveat more not for the listener but for you cuz I know you don't like it if if we become serious well, we've, we touched on it last time there was a Sterling controversy about three months ago, and nothing's changed since then. No. You know, um, it was an appalling act of racism. The the media is inherently racist, and they've picked Sterling out as some kind of target to repeatedly bash over the head. Mm. And anybody that says anything else is full of shit. Mm. Fair enough? Yeah, I think that covers it, basically. I think what's more... I mean, what's interesting about some of the responses I've I've read and seen on Twitter from from people, ignorant people, is it's very easy for thick idiots to mm. condemn the the horrible Chelsea fan who is clearly saying racist abuse at Sterling because that's mm. easy for them to understand and condemn as racism. Yeah. When Raheem Sterling in his Instagram post broadens that out and yeah. says that is just the... The top of the 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 tip of the iceberg, and actually, it's part of a much wider, more insidious problem. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, and that is reflected in the way in which the media report on young black players, for example. Right. That is a young bloke who probably isn't particularly well educated because he's most footballers spend most of their youth playing football rather than getting a formal education. Right. It is him displaying a huge amount of intelligence and insight to the yeah. way the world works and the media works that other people in the media themselves can't fucking see because they're all going no it's racist to shout racist abuse at a black player i get that i'll condemn that but yeah. don't start saying that there are other forms of racism that are less obvious or explicit because i can't get my head around that yeah, and if you start trying to suggest that that to me is just political correctness gone mad right yeah. and it's like no Raheem Sterling has been betrayed, has been portrayed systematically from the first moment he came into the public eye as some sort of like rude boy, you know, sort of with vague gangsterish sort of leanings, flashy, yeah. over Rash, the top, in arrogant. a way that a young white player would not be portrayed in the same way. How dare he have money and spend it on things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For being so, incredibly talented at football. So, you know, there is, and I, and I say some, you know, I work in the media, you work in the media. You know, it is racist, especially football media. Like, there are whole broadcast outlets, whole newspapers. You know, you, you look at their sports coverage and it's almost entirely staffed by white blokes. Yeah. And therefore, when an issue like this arises there is a sort of a resistance to having any kind of point of view 
that is sort of sympathetic with, and we're not, with someone we're, like we're Raheem saying, Sterling. We're not saying that all white men are racist. We're just saying that white men are usually incapable of seeing racism when it's not overtly in their face. That's exactly it. Well put. I mean, yeah, exactly. Of course not all white men are racist. That goes without saying. But it is hard, isn't it, to have a full perspective on issues like this. When it, you don't, it doesn't affect you personally. It doesn't affect you personally. And everyone who you work with is coming from a similar point of view as you, as yourself. Plus as well, it would have been easy for Sterling to have put out some kind of um, statement that had been drafted by a PR person yeah. from Manchester City. But he didn't. He sat down and he's written that himself. And, and, and you know, it's, it's a brutally honest piece of uh, piece of writing as well yeah it's reminded me to watch that um out their skin documentary that you recommended last oh, yeah. time yeah exactly exactly well worth a look on itv so we can all get a bit more perspective on what it's like to be uh black within the footballing community in this country yeah and it's definitely not going away is it uh, let's move on to the Predictions League, unfortunately, Sam. It has been a diabolical weekend for the human race mm. and a fantastic week for the mechanoids. Well, you know, fucking... You, uh, have you seen um, uh, uh, Results Bot has started making big claims about how there is a, a subtle racism towards yeah. robots and mechanoids? Yeah. Yeah. in our output here on Top Flight it's Time Machine. It's not subtle. It's blatant and it's yeah. fucking justified. And he's going, if you walk into the Top Flight Time Machine offices, everyone is a human. Everyone mm. is a human. They don't have perspective on what it's like to be a robot, on the prejudice that we experience every day of our lives. Yeah. And it's disgusting. And he's Fuck trying him. to form some sort of kick it out, but for robots. I don't know. <laughs> Good luck to him. But listen, all I would say about that results bot is it's not because you're a robot; it's because you're a cunt. <laughs> I think one of his. I think what he said was, um, "I will continue to prove them wrong by predicting one nil wins and triumphing in the prediction league." So yeah. he's just kind of saying, you know, I don't care about your robot racism. Living well is the best revenge, he said, and uh, he's he's gone out there and he's knocked it out the park this weekend. Um, I'm not going to go through all the results because it's too it's too humiliating. But basically, I scored one point right. out of a possible fifteen from mm. our five prediction matches. You scored two points, Sam. Barely Fuck. any better. Results bot six points. Fuck. So that puts him on forty six. I'm in second mm. place on forty one. You're in third place on thirty eight. It's it. You know, I thought we were turning it around. I thought we were catching up on him. But um, no, he's just he's just he's taunted us basically. He's let us get within a little bit of touching distance, and he's just streaked ahead again with a bunch of one. It's nils. still not Christmas though, Andy. I do feel that you panic very early all the time. I mean, those points could still be, you know, that is not a, that is not a gap that's so big it can't be closed. Well, I know you keep saying that, then the gap keeps getting bigger and bigger each week. So uh, I'm I'm not a robot. I'm just no. a human, but I can see Thank about and I, I know about graphs and about prediction and kind of patterns and things like that, and I can see which way the graphs going here, and it doesn't look good for the human race. You pathetic humans! <laughs> just you understand to, just, nothing of predictions or graphs or statistics. You are delaying. so weak-minded with your emotions and unnatural urges. 
The Delaney one keeps talking about Christmas. Yes, I say, bring on Christmas. You will be at your worst. You will be lazy and drunk and fattened. And then I will triumph further. We robots do not celebrate these absurd rituals. <laughs> when you are eating your just Brazils, I will be predicted, predicted, predicted. One nil, one nil, one nil. <laughs> oh, mum, we're the doomed. Fucker. We're doomed. Um, I haven't really got any massive talking points from the weekend's football. Uh, I did enjoy Rafa Benitez going in the huff after um, Yedlin was given a red card, quite rightly. I think he thought that uh, Lascelles was going to suddenly become uh, a gazelle, almost. Lascelles a gazelle and dash across and intercept the shot. Nah, that was never going to happen. So quite right. That, that's my talking gazelle. point like for the that. weekend. A- any other uh, animals that rhyme with players, we'll take that. We'll <laughs> yeah, take that on Twitter. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that could be a separate side podcast, but it could mm. uh, introduce more David Attenborough stuff into things as well, which yeah. might not be the best thing to do gazelle. legally. We haven't heard anything back on our uh, on our David Attenborough taunts, have we? There's been nothing legally, nothing official. No. I did watch Dynasties last night, and the, the, again, there wasn't any oral sex in, among the animals. Because no, he's saving it all up. So I think that just... Posthumous film, yeah. That just makes our point stand up even more. Um, anything you want to talk about from the football at the weekend? Uh, no, I mean, I went to West Ham Palace. I really enjoyed myself. I, I expected us to lose because, you know, West Ham. And yet... We won. Simple as well, that. There was some. You... There was some great goals, and Andy Carroll's back, which is tremendously <laughs> exciting. Yeah, but I mean, Andy Carroll when he comes back, I mean, he'll, he won't be around for long, obviously. But when he does make his little cameos every season, it's brilliant to have Andy Carroll in your team yeah. because he's just fucking mad, and he he does all the things he expects. It's like it's like it is a bit like the eighties because it's like a Mick Harford type character or a Cyril Regis or something like that. Just a big mad bastard, <laughs> yeah. Who just fucking get makes things exciting and does loads of headers and fouls and just madness. In the uh, in the post Brexit football scene that we were talking about, Andy Carroll's going to be the most prized player of all. Yeah, he will rule. Really? He, he will, will rule because of course the, well, pa- the pitches will all go back to being mud baths again. Yeah, which means you'd have to keep kicking it in the air rather than on the ground, which yeah, is and why that's, you that's need where he a uh, Carroll. Mm. Sky the crimes. only man who can pass a ball on the ground in muddy conditions is Jan Mulby, of course. <laughs> if you've got Mulby and Carroll in your team, you're going to win all the trophies. You're laughing. You're going to hoover them up. I think mm. as well, when it comes to the time when Andy Carroll does have to retire, and he will, unfortunately, probably through injury, it yeah. should um, it should be regenerated and played by a new footballer. Oh, yeah, like that's Doctor a good who. idea. Yeah. So that we've always got Andy Carroll forever. That's my yeah. best idea. Yeah, I mean, I think past, I think post Brexit, it's going to be hard to carry on without at least two or three Andy Carrolls. Yeah, so definitely. that's my only observation. This is it. I've been reading a book over the last week about Sunderland managers. Ooh. Yeah, a book. Oh, get a load of me. Not even, a, not even an audio book. I've been reading it with me yeah, eyes, and it's not even a Roy Keane book. It's not or even a, a Roy Keane Keegan book. book. It's it's interviews with various Sunderland managers from the 1980s onwards. Great. And the first chapter is Ken Knighton, who was our manager for about two and a half years, but he got us promoted. And he's talking about his, his playing career. He was a Sheffield Wednesday player. 
And um, his manager at the time was Len Ashurst, who then became Sunderland manager a few years later, but that's not relevant. He talks about when he was at Sheffield Wednesday and Len Ashurst brought in um, first-team coach, who was a Royal Marine, called Tony Toms. Yes. Now then, here we go. Uh, (laughs) He says... I've been out for a drink for a couple of times with Tony Toms and he's the kind of guy who fills a room. He has an aura around him and subsequently headed up the private security operation for Madonna and the boxer Amir Khan. Oh, now here we go. Night and laughs have been reminded of Tony Toms' impact in the Owls dressing room. He says, The funniest thing was, and I was still a player when he came in, he got all of the players in the boardroom and Len explained Tomsy's background as an ex-Marine and asked, Do you want to see anything, Tony? Tomsey just stood up. He was behind a table and he just put his hands on the surface and did a handstand on the table and did, <laughs> and did six press-ups like that <laughs> and then sat down and then sat down and said, no, not really. <laughs> yes. Yes. Tony Tums. Tony Tums. He says he didn't have a clue about football, but he was a good right-hand man for Len. He was a real character. <laughs> what was uh, what era was this? This will have been mid seventies. Fucking hell! I wonder if Tony Toms is still around. Well, he's been working for Amir Khan, so he probably is. So let's not oh. say anything too untoward about him. Jalapeno. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Jalapeño. I uh, I I've got to be careful about naming names here, but I was uh, there's a guy who does. There's a guy I've met a couple of times uh, who's former special forces. Not my best friend Chris Ryan. Another guy, <laughs> and uh, definitely it, not I, Chris Ryan. <laughs> no, I've no it, no it definitely it, it isn't. But it's a guy who. Why are you I've, winking at me, Sam? No, it wasn't Chris Ryan. <laughs> it's a guy who I've basically... I don't know him that well, but I've encountered him two or three times because he does security for celebrities. Right. So on various occasions, Tony I've been Tom's, in a situation where I've been like interviewing someone for a magazine or, or what have you, or at an event, right. and this person has been there. So one time, many years ago, I was in Dublin for St. Patrick's Day doing a story for a magazine, And there was this famous celebrity there and this guy, and I was there for a whole weekend in the same hotel as a celebrity and this guy was working as his security guard. And because there was a lot of hanging around, I got to know this bloke. And one night he told me an amazing story about how... (laughs) I'm just sitting back. (laughs) He went, he just opened up to me and my mate. I was there with another bloke. And he, he opened up to us one night and said, yeah... 
I'd said something like, you know, I've I've been obviously asking all the, you must be really hard. Do you, have you ever beaten up someone really bad? But, you know, like in real life, like over a parking space in like Sainsbury's car park or something. Because if I was trained like you, I'd be doing that all the time. And, uh, and they, you know, what they're like, they don't really want to serve it all up to you too quick. And then he went, I can't remember how it came up, but he said, I mean, he goes, you have got to control your temper when you've had when you've been highly trained he went I was on the motorway with my son and uh, uh, there was a boy racer kept cutting me up and uh, he goes in the end we had such a ding dong that we pulled over into the hard shoulder <laughs> and he got out of his car and started storming towards us thought it was a bit of a hard nut with his arms out and I said to my son wait here he went now I got out of the car he said and that's the last thing I remember he goes I blacked out <laughs> I blacked out, but when I came round, he goes, I was standing there and the bloke was just a bloody mess in like like a ditch by the side of the road. He went, my son was crying and my knuckles were covered in blood. He goes, and I just got back in the car and drove off and said to my son not to tell anyone what had happened. He goes, to be on, and I said, well, how, what condition did you leave him in? Was he all right? He goes, I don't know whether he was alive or dead. But let's just say that ever since when there's been an unexpected knock on my front door, I've always thought, that's it. It's Here coming it comes. back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Horrible, really. I mean, what I've told there is a story about someone who was potentially murdered someone. Yeah. And I'm laughing about it, which is awful. Yeah. But it was just the way he opened up about it and claims that he blacked out. <laughs> he probably didn't murder him. No, because it would. If it was a murder, it would have been a really big story. It was probably could, just like we could do one of them podcasts that are really popular about cold cases, oh, cold yeah. murder cases. We could start with that one, couldn't we? We could retrace all the steps and yeah, go to the scene and everything. <laughs> I am Sam Delaney. I am Andy Dawson, and once again, welcome to Cold Case. Lay by, <laughs> lay by, Murder Squad. <laughs> <laughs> Every year. In the UK, more than 40 bodies are found dead in ditches by the lay- by laybys. <laughs> the cases are often left unresolved by our overstretched police force. <laughs> that's why we have taken it upon ourselves to solve them. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, I was about to tell you another story about a murder. Oh, yeah. So there was a guy who, this definitely is a lie, but it's a brilliant lie. Good. There was a guy, let's call him, because I've got into trouble recently about naming you characters are, yeah. from my y- younger days. So I'm going to change his name and call him Dave the Liar. Okay. Uh, just know that this bloke's second, his nickname was his the name, liar. followed by the words The Liar. Because <laughs> he was an, an exceptional, uh, just a, the most audacious liar. And... One of the best lies he, Dave the Liar ever told was, he was telling me and my brother about the date he'd been on. And we went, how'd that date goes? And he said, oh, it was great. Uh, well, it was going really well. Uh, on the way back, we walked down by the arches, you know, down there by the train train station. Yeah. He went, some tramp came out of the shadows in the dark and said... Uh, you got a spare fag, mate? He goes, uh, I pulled out. I had a fresh box of B&H. He goes, they were complete full. I opened the lid so we could see, and I went, sorry, mate, ain't got any spares. And I said, did you do that to impress this girl you'd just been on your first date with? He went, yeah, she thought it was hilarious. And I'm thinking, hmm, that doesn't sound like a very cool thing to do. And I don't believe that she found it hilarious, but whatever. 
I'm sure this lie will be over soon. It wasn't. She's, he's gone. He's gone. Well, so I've carried on walking. She's chuckling at, at how cheeky I am. Next thing I know, the cunt's run up behind me and jumped on me back. Right. <laughs> so I've spun round. He's going, "You cunt, give me a fag." I've spun round and thrown him off my back. Said, "Leave it, mate. You don't want to get involved." Well, he's pulled a knife out. Next thing I know, and I go, "Oh no!" You get, so this is an awful thing to have happened on a first date. And he went, yeah, well, you know, what with my training? Because it goes without saying, Dave the liar claimed that he was in the territorial SAS. Of course. He goes, what my training? I um, I disarmed him. I took the knife off of him. And then I stabbed him. And <laughs> I said, hang on a minute. You stabbed a tramp. You went on a first date with this woman you've just met. <laughs> and you tramp. described it five minutes ago. You were describing it really casually as a date that went quite well. And yeah. now... Just casually, you're you're revealing, just as an aside, <laughs> that on the date you stabbed a tramp in front of her. Um, obviously, I didn't put it like that. I was more trying to lure him into further lies, which is something yeah. that I always enjoy doing. So I said, oh, you stabbed him, did you? So what happened next? He went, well, we just carried on walking back to her place, didn't we? And I said, so what became of the tramp after you'd stabbed him? And you could see his eyes flicking around, thinking, I've cornered myself here with this. Yeah. And I went, well, he was just lying in a pool of blood. And I said, was he dead, Dave? And he went, well, put it this way, mate. He weren't moving. <laughs> oh, so I've gone, all right, let's recap. You went on a first date with a lovely young lady. You had dinner. It was great. She's invited you back to hers. Everything's going great. But on the way home, you murdered a homeless person in front of her and he pauses and he goes yeah basically yeah, yeah. and i go well that would put a lot of women off but <laughs> not her we went back i've got my leg over so obviously she was you know she's not one of these sissy types she's not a snowflake <laughs> i she should might be stress that sort of thing some women are dave is such a liar i have to stress i'm not here pointing the finger at murder to anyone no he definitely none of this happened no, no the tramp happened. didn't exist no not even the first bit where the tramp came up and asked for a fag happened yeah none of it happened the, don't, the don't, man is a colossal liar no one feels sorry for the tramp that was murdered because there was no tramp there, there was, was no, no tramp there no. was no tramp this is all about Dave and can I just say as well can you remember I'm sure you do remember the Billy Liars uh, Twitter account that I used to run yeah and the brilliant. Billy Bullshit Billy Bullshit was Billy the bullshit. website yeah. And how have we been doing this podcast for almost nine months and not explored got, that realm of bullshit? Got into lies, yeah. That's going to happen from now on. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously you've got loads up your sleeve, particularly the most infamous of them all, Waspy. Waspy, we yeah. I've who got... we will discuss on later shows, perhaps. Yeah. But Dave the, Dave the Liar, I mean, I never contributed to your Billy Bullshit. I used to read it, but I never sent them in. I mean, Dave the Liar, as I'm calling him, I could fill pages with his lies right, i mean that's well, not even his biggest lie this feels like an extra an extra side project in addition yeah. to the other ones we Lying come podcast up with. podcast yeah. all about lies so it's tweet us your best uh bullshits that you've had from yeah. um friends and colleagues and things like that at tf time machine on the twitter um i'm gonna do some news without news at this point sam because it's a particularly Great. strong crop i think i've got this weekend yeah i've seen are a you lot. ready yeah are you ready? Here we go. Seagull mugs Scarborough Council for his cheese straw. 
Eight. Ooh, I would have gone nine with that. You're harsh. You're harsh. I've, see, I've seen seagulls mug people before. I've been mugged by one for some fish and chips. So it's not, to me, that's not really shocking, but it is funny. So that's I, why I, I give it an eight. I, I want to see the Scarborough Councillor, though, because I've got an image in my head of what a Scarborough Councillor looks like. Yeah, looking and really pissed off. it's not a councillor as in a therapist. It's a councillor as in an elected <laughs> official. Uh, second one. How a pot noodle almost killed a man... And the hero in his undies who saved him. Ten. Thank you. And finally, <laughs> ripped Schwarzenegger kangaroo who crushed metal buckets dies age 12. <laughs> Ten. <laughs> Eleven. <laughs> you want to see yes. a kangaroo crushing metal buckets? <laughs> it's sensational. I've, I've never fancied, I don't know about you, but I've never fancied going to Australia. It seems too much for a pain in the ass for not enough reward. Yeah. But too much danger. If, I, if I'd known there was a fucking ripped kangaroo out there <laughs> crushing metal buckets, I'd have been on the first plane out. It's a shame he's dead. I didn't even click on the story. I haven't even looked at it myself, but I'm going to go back and do that. Save um, it up you... for Christmas Day. This, this is it. it. Have you got time for your big cow story before we go? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's been built up too much, but oh. it, you know, it's not. I, but but basically, it goes like this: <laughs> uh, the year was 1996. Uh, we were the whole family, the old Delaney family, and sundry in-laws had all gone en masse to County Cork for yeah. Christmas New Year period and hired a house. Um, we, I was, I would have been just 21. We and I, I had only recently, I think that year, passed my driving test, and we all met up at an at Cork Airport, and there was an hour's drive, and because of the various uh, people there and the amount of people that need ferrying, we had to hire a sort of a minivan, and my oldest brother told me I had to drive it, and Ooh. I said I'm not sure about this. We're, we're going a long way. And I've only been driving a couple of months. This is a big van, and we're going on dark country roads. I'm not sure. And do he went, it. Don't, and he's just, fucking do it, you twat. Don't be a fucking idiot. Right? So I went, all right. But I was pretty nervous. And it was me, um, uh, my girlfriend, and then now my wife, and my one of my Italian cousins. And we're driving along down these fucking dark, really treacherous roads. And they're shitting themselves because I keep nearly veering off the edge and it's like a sheer drop. And it was really like nervy. You know, when you first learn to drive, you don't need that shit, right? Yeah. I'm still fucking learning just to drive around London. We finally get near to this fucking house. You know, it's like you hire a cottage in the middle of nowhere. You get lost. It was pre-sat-nav. And yeah. I was so tense and nervous. And you see in the distance a twinkling light, right? And someone points and goes, that's it. That's the cottage. So I got so excited, having been lost and stressed for, like, hours driving yeah. around fucking County Cork. I've gone, brilliant! And I've literally just turned the steering wheel in the direction of the house, right? Because <laughs> I'm so desperate to get there. I'm exasperated. And I've ended up going fucking into a field. It's so dark, I haven't realised, but I've gone off-road in this fucking van, a van that was incapable, really, of going off-road. Yeah. And... Quite quickly, the, my passengers have said, Sam, you're in a fucking field. You've gone off-road. And I've gone, <laughs> fuck it. 
<laughs> fuck it, I'm just going to keep going, right? Because I just want to get to this fucking house. So I've gone fucking mad. And my girlfriend's like screaming, like, what the fuck are you doing? Turn around. And my cousin's like pissing himself laughing. And I'm just fucking plowing ahead through this field. And of course, all that's happening in this muddy field is the wheels are start to spin and go fucking deeper and deeper and deeper into this fucking mud, right? In the end, it won't go any further. We're in yeah. the middle of a fucking field in the middle of nowhere on the west coast of Ireland. The house is still just a twinkling light in the fucking background, right? And we've had to get out. We've had to flag down, like, one of my brothers and show, like, you know, wave to them. They've seen that I'm stuck in there. They go, oh, fuck's sake, what's he done? They come over. We've had to unload the fucking van for the luggage. We've got loads of other people's luggage in it. And fucking walk, like... Like the fucking paras on Goose Green in the Falklands, we've had to march across this muddy field for fucking ages carrying bags because I've got the van stuck, the hired van in the middle of the field. The next day, everyone's giving me loads of fucking shit about it, obviously, right? And we're thinking, what are we going to do? This is a hire fucking thing. We've got to return it to Avis or whatever at the end of the week. So there's a number in the house for the couple who live down the road who effectively manage this cottage. Right. So I call them up and I go, they go, hello there. And it's fucking real middle of fucking nowhere stuff, right? These people, I can't understand a word they're saying. Hello. Oh, hi. It's uh, it's uh, it's uh, Santa Lady here. I'm one of the parties staying in the house up the road. Oh, yes, yes, yes. What's the problem? You got a problem there? <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, well, I, 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 I've managed to get my van stuck in the field. You What? I've got my, I've got my van. So how'd you do a thing like that? So uh, I, I, I was a bit confused. I've only just learned to drive. You see, and I panicked and went off road and I'm tried to England. drive to the cottage across the field. I'm from the big ah, city. You bloody idiot! Why did you drive across the field? It's a perfectly good bloody road. I know, I know. I don't know why I did it. I thought I could just get here across the field. But anyway, it's stuck, and I need someone to tow me out. You need towing out, do you? Yes, I, I don't know if you've got something like a, a, a truck or something like that, or, or we could get one in the village, someone to come and help, perhaps a farmer. Oh, a farmer. Yes, a, a tractor, maybe. No, it's absolutely fine. I tell you what we do. We've had these problems before. I can come down tomorrow with a big cow. <laughs> and I said, I, I beg your pardon. And he went, we get a big cow. Big cow. We've done it before. It's fine. We'll tie, we'll tie a rope to the cow and we'll, and we'll pour the van out of the field, so we will. And I said, are, are you sure? I mean, it is a van. Is it a big cow? Oh, yes. Very big. We've used it before for this type of thing. Everyone knows this is the cow you use. It's a job and for I've the cow, this one. And I've gone, wow, that's amazing. And I said, wow, that sounds really exciting. I can't wait to see her. And they went, yes, oh, well, okay, I'll meet you tomorrow in the field at about 10 in the morning then. And I go, oh, okay, that's, that's wonderful. Um, do you know what? I've got my nephew and niece with me. They'd love to come around and, and watch this. <laughs> would they? Why would they like to see that? I said, well, it's amazing. I mean, we'd, they wouldn't have ever seen a, a, a thing like this before. And they go, well, bring who you want, but I'll be there at 10 o'clock. Just come along. So I've gone, right, great. And I've got off the phone. I'm really proud of myself. To the family, they've all been taking the mickey out of me for being yeah, in India. You've sorted I've it. got it all sorted, everyone. Yeah. Don't worry. I've spoken to There's the lovely old couple from down the road. <laughs> I made friends cow. with them. And guess what? So my nephew and niece are there, right? My nephew's probably about, like, two. And yeah. my niece is, like, four. And I've gone, kids, kids, gather round. Uncle Sam's got a special treat for you tomorrow. <laughs> in the village, in this village, there is a 
gigantic cow. Magic that cow. Every, uh, everyone knows, <laughs> and it's like the local village hero. It's I wouldn't say it's magical, but it certainly is a remarkable cow. And whenever the villagers have a problem, they call upon this cow. And sure enough, the cow uh, is coming tomorrow, and the cow is going to drag Uncle Sam's van out of the muddy field so Uncle Sam doesn't lose his deposit. <laughs> Would you like to come and see the cow? And they're like, oh, it's a big giant cow. How big is it? I said, oh, it's bigger than the biggest cow you've ever seen. It'll be two or three times the size. They go, oh, I can't wait. The cow, we're all going to go and see the cow. So the next morning comes. Everyone knows about this cow. The kids have come, and yeah. so have some of their parents, like my <laughs> sister-in-laws and all these sorts of people. And we've all marched into this fucking field, right? Quite a long hike out to where the van is sunk down to its fucking mudguards, right? And in the distance, I see a Land Rover coming through the field. And sure enough, it's the elderly couple who run the place. An old, old Irish farmer and his wife. He gets out and he goes, here we are then. Right. Hello there. You must be Sam. Yeah, that's right. I'm there like a complete student trip with my long hair and sideburns and just looking <laughs> like I just don't probably wearing like really thin trainers in the middle of this muddy field, yeah. you know, inappropriately dressed. He's looking me up and down. Oh, you're Sam, are you? You must be the fellow who tried to drive across the field. Yeah, that's me. How did you guess? Don't worry now. We'll soon pull it out. I'll go and get my rope. Now, tie this rope to the to the uh, to your car, to the bumper there. Oh, uh, Okay. So I'm going to the kids, oh yeah, in a minute the cow will come and we'll tie the other end probably round the cow's tummy, I imagine. <laughs> okay now, give me the other end of the rope. He's come and looked at our eyes. What the bloody hell are you doing? That's not a knot. I've tied it like shoelaces. Yeah. <laughs> Dad, do you not know how to tie a bloody knot? That's not going to hold. So he ties it for me and then he ties the other end to the Land Rover. And yeah. I go, where are you tying this rope? He goes, to the cow over there. And I go, the what? To the cow. And then it's dawned on me. He wasn't saying cow. He was saying fucking car. But he had such a fucking thick accent. I swore blind he'd said cow to me loads of times. So I just thought, play it cool. I don't want to be an idiot. But my niece has started giving it, where's the cow? And the man's going, what's that? Where's the cow? I'm going, shut up, Maddie, shut up. She goes, I won't shut up. He said you were bringing a cow. A cow? Yeah. A cow that says moo, you mean? Yeah, he said you had a big cow that was going to come and it was going to, and it was magical and it helped you all in the village and it was going to pull the van out of the village. I never heard anything so stupid in my life. A cow can't pull a great bloody thing like that out of the What are you talking about? And I'm going, she's just making up stories. She loves cows. She's making up stories. Now, you said it. I don't know what any of you are talking about. There's no cow here. Now, tie this bloody knot. Let's get going. And he's t- and sure enough, the Land Rover's got it out no problem at all. Oh. I've got the van home, and it was very embarrassing. And that's that basically is my that's, cow story. That's your big cow story. I'm as disappointed yeah. as your niece was, to be honest. Yeah. I was looking forward to hearing about the cow. Never there was mind. no fucking cow. He was just saying car, and I'd got it in my because I was a city boy yeah. in the country. You imagine things, remarkable things, to be going you on do. in the countryside that don't really exist. So um, he did pronounce the word car like cow. But at the same time, I think in my mind, I was all too willing to believe that there was a magical giant cow in this village in County Cork. I, I think we've come full circle there. And what we've, what we've ended up with is kind of like hidden racism again. <laughs> yeah. Is that, well, exactly. I <laughs> made wh- assumptions based on a misguided prejudice. Making assumptions about the Irish country ways. 
Yeah, there exactly. There it is. There it is. Exactly. Right. It wouldn't have occurred to me that he had a four-wheel drive, fucking perfectly good Land Rover. Yeah, exactly. Because I was too snooty to imagine such a thing. <laughs> right, that's all we've got time for. Um, don't forget, follow us on Twitter at TF Time Machine if you're into that kind of thing. And we'll be back on Wednesday morning with the first episode of The Keegan Odyssey. Oh, you will not be disappointed. That's all I've got to say about that. Right, thanks for listening as ever. And um, see you soon, Sam. Love you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.